You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Angelina Martin and Stephanie Sanchez. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the 49 Carats Podcast. It's our 36th episode. Season's over. We've established that. So we are back this week to talk about what happened in 2021 and, uh, what's next so as usual i am half of the 49k pod angelina martin and i am here with steph sanchez steph i'll kick it over to you how are you doing this week i'm doing better i'm i'm in a better <laughs> mood i'm like putting the season behind me and looking towards the next season that's a really good outlook to have just uh when i played softball my coach would always say like turn the page you know if you did something bad. So it's time to turn the page and look ahead to the next season. But before well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the season still. But before we do that, let's look to the past. Steph, do you have a tidbit of history for us? I do. And this one we're all pretty familiar with. So this week in 49ers history, actually yesterday, February 6th, 2017, the 49ers hired Kyle Shanahan as their head coach and it was just a grand old time for the franchise you know coming from as low as they were this I remember how excited I was about this hire I still feel very great about it um Kyle Shanahan he's 43 44 as head coach including the playoffs um as we know, the first two seasons were, you know, very turbulent, a lot of drama, <laughs> lots of losses. But between 2019 to now, um, Kyle Shanahan has a 33-22 record, four playoff wins, two NFC Championship game appearances, and one Super Bowl appearances. So not too shabby. He just had to warm up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kyle's still here despite – uh, having some haters this season. He's not going anywhere, so get used to it. He's going to improve upon that record next year, hopefully. Um, and speaking of coaches, wow, a lot has happened in, term, in terms of coaching for the 49ers. Um, so we, on our last episode, we talked about all the drama with, with John Embry. We talked about that on the pod, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay. Um, well, it wasn't really drama. It was like speculation. Um, so now we which, know. Yes, right. Yeah. You want to you want to talk about what we know now? Yeah, so now we know that uh, John Embry the reason that he won't be back with the team was because his ex- his contract expired. So, yeah. it wasn't any crazy conspiracy that we cooked up or anyone else cooked up is <laughs> you know, just just that. So, they'll be looking for a new tight end coach this offseason. Yeah, and you know something else that was really exciting. They uh, hired an assistant head coach, Anthony Lynn. We know him, you know, more so from his time as head coach with the Chargers, but he was also the offensive coordinator in Detroit last season. So think of that what you will. I don't think they had a horrible offense. I think they were a um, a sucker for the circumstances. You know, I just don't think they drew the best straw in the bag. Uh, I really like. I really like the Lions. Okay. I, I have a soft spot for them. Like I feel bad. So I'm hoping that um, he comes here and does great things. And it's also great to see black coaches be hired and um, shout out 49ers for continuing that diversity on the staff. Um, he is known as a, as a running backs coach or, or not. Does he like uh, running back in his offense stuff? 
Oh yeah, he he loves <laughs> <laughs> running backs. I would say all of the running backs in the time that he's coached have been pretty successful. Um, actually, in the last five years between his time with the Chargers and in Detroit, his running backs have had at least 90 receptions per game, so they get involved in the pass game as well. And that's a good sign for a team that has Debo as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely <laughs> sounds like something that might be in our wheelhouse, maybe. Uh, speaking of uh, coaches who enjoy a good run game in their offense, Mike McDaniel is gone. We knew it was coming. Um, I think we hoped that it wouldn't happen, but the Miami Dolphins have hired him as their head coach, which is huge because, I mean, the guy doesn't have that much experience, right? So what does it say about him as a coach that Miami swooped him up? Well, I think it, it goes with the fact that so many coaches in the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree have gone on to be very successful. And I think the biggest endorsement for Mike McDaniel is the fact that Kyle Shanahan has had him everywhere he's gone. Um, so I think there's there's really no bigger endorsement than that. And just the fact that now that he's he was promoted to offensive coordinator last year, it kind of I mean, he was I think he was doing the same things. But the fact that he had that title, I think it, it gave other teams, you know, um, it, he, he got on their radar. So. I think this is a great hire for Miami. I mean, wish him the best. I'm obviously we're all going to miss him here in San Francisco. He had some pretty entertaining moments in his pressers as well. So yeah. I'll definitely have to tune in to some Dolphins pressers, I think, once in a while. Yeah, that's the best part about being just, you know, an NFL fan in general is because there are a lot of moving parts, but you can continue to watch those guys when they do go to new teams. So uh, wishing the best for Mike McDaniel, unless, you know, they play the 49ers sometime in the future, then they, not wish him the best. They do. They do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that'll be, <laughs> uh, that'll be interesting. A little scared. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's going to be fun. Um, so of course, because Miami poached him from, from the 49ers, the, for, the 49ers will receive a 2022 third round pick and a 2023 third round pick. The question is, Will they replace him? Um, we know that that Kyle Shanahan has has ran without an offensive coordinator before. Um, so what do you think, Steph? Do you think that they're going to replace him? Do you think that Anthony Lynn will kind of play a hybrid role? Or what do you see happening? Yeah, that, that's the big question. I do feel like with the Anthony, Anthony Lynn hire, there was probably some writing on the wall that the 49ers probably expected um, Mike McDaniel to be hired by the Dolphins. So I do think he will take care of some of that role. Um, but another name is is Bobby Slowick, who's the passing game coordinator. Uh, so on the other, not the other side of the ball, but uh, Mike McDaniel was a run game coordinator much of his time here. And, and so it makes sense if Bobby Slowick kind of um, – went in that tra trajectory as well. Another name that people have brought up is Pep Hamilton, but literally right before we <laughs> we went live, uh, we got the news on the timeline that he was promoted to offensive coordinator in Houston. So he is off the table. I would have loved that. Um, you know, I think he would have been great here, but, you know, Bobby Sloak makes sense. 
there could be some other names that emerge or like we mentioned they they might not even have a designated offensive coordinator we know that Kyle Shanahan calls the plays yeah yeah and um D'Amico Ryans is the only coordinator left because Richard Hightower was hired by the Chicago Bears we saw um obviously he's the former 49ers special teams coordinator that was uh kind of funny to watch unfold because I mean when you look at his resume and his track record and his experience and uh, you know, obviously the Chicago bears and fans are excited about this hire um, and it's easy to see why they would be, but I feel like 49ers fans in recent months have be, become a little jaded um, off of high tower. Um, me personally, I, I feel like the special teams unit redeemed themselves in the playoffs. They showed up when it counted. Um, but you know, I completely understand everyone just kind of being like, sayonara, like, thanks for the memes. But it was just funny watching, like, some fans celebrate the signing and then 49ers fans just laughing in their faces. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, so what are they going to do on special teams? Um, Rich Basaccia is out of the question. He was hired by the Packers. That's who I would have loved to see. But um, I know you threw out the name Joe Judge, Steph, which, I mean, yeah, that, that would be awesome. Yeah, he, he's been a name that people have been mentioning, and that's one that certainly makes sense. He spent some time with the Patriots as their special teams coordinator. And um, as we know, he was with the Giants for the last two seasons as well before he was let go. That was a turbulent time for him um, as the Giants head coach. But, you know, if he came here, he wouldn't have to be a head coach. So I think <laughs> he's much more suited for a special teams role. And I think the 49ers are just an amazing landing spot for coaches. You see how many of our coaches have gone on to become head coaches somewhere else. So, the, you know, the 49ers are a great stop for anyone who wants to um, eventually become a head coach. So maybe if if Judge wants to do that again in the future, which I'm sure he does, <laughs> this would be a great place for him to show off and build up his resume. Yeah, maybe just take a step back really quick, just <laughs> for a minute. I mean, yeah, he's definitely proven himself as a coordinator, not so much as a head coach. So I think you should take your advice, Steph. <laughs> yeah. Just All right. So... The San Francisco 49ers, they went 10 and 7 in the regular season. They made it all the way to the NFC Championship game. Uh, we were like Paul Rudd eating wings on hot ones pretty much the whole season saying, hey, look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. But they did it. It was a great season. Didn't end the way we wanted. I don't think it ended the way we even expected because um, I know myself personally, I wasn't sure if they would even make the playoffs. So couldn't have couldn't be disappointed with the way things turned out so they went 10 and 7 I went back into the 49k pod archives uh oh <laughs> <laughs> so nice to just you know have all the episodes and go back and see all the stupid predictions we made it was really fun so I went back and I looked at you know our predictions for the season before it even began this was after preseason prior to week one Steph she's She's a good fan, man. She said that the Niners were going to go 14 and three. I love it. I respected it. it you were close. <laughs> and I said that they were going to go 12 and five. So we, what do you, what do you think hearing that 14 and three 
12 and 5 prediction. <laughs> I mean, we were just beaming with optimism. There was a lot to feel good about with this team. And I mean, hey, they they proved us wrong the first half of the season, but they had us in the first half, not going to lie. They they turned it around and I'm still proud of them and you know what they were able to accomplish this season yeah dude yeah I mean like I said couldn't couldn't have asked for more given the circumstances especially when we hop right into week one we're just going into this into the season we're going to talk about it talk out talk it out talk out our feelings so week one versus the Lions that was a dub Steph and I both predicted it would be a dub uh, but, you know, it wasn't all fun and games. Jason Verrett went down with a torn ACL. Raheem Mostert went down with an injury. Um, we originally didn't know how long he was going to be out. And then it turns out that he needed knee surgery and would be out for the season. Um, so those were two, like, devastating blows right after a season that was littered with injuries. You know, that was just the worst way. It was such a weird win, right? Yeah. There were so many bad things that happened. Um, one of the good things that happened, though, was that Lance scored his first NFL touchdown. I believe it was the first touchdown of the season. So that was exciting. He got in the game during those early games. So that was cool. But week one thoughts. I mean, I mean, you nailed it. The fact that those two injuries were so big and damning and then you wonder how how like what where do they go from here why god um, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um so yeah they they got the dub but really it it felt weird it felt like there was a cloud already hanging over the season um i mean but in week 2 they ended up winning anyway despite not having Verrett and Raheem um but one thing that fans noticed is that Ayuk was nowhere to be found in week two. And there's talk about him being in the doghouse and whatnot. And that kind of lasted for a few more weeks after that. But, you know, we it was we were 2-0. So we were feeling great despite it all. <laughs> we were 2-0. We were feeling great. But honestly, like going back to that start of the season, we weren't feeling great. Like, it was like with those two wins we almost lost those games which was actually insane like to think about um but yeah the the whole doghouse thing and that that popping up in week two was a fun little fun little side story to talk about especially you know given what I did during his rookie year we thought that it was just gonna I mean sky's the limit right so um yeah definitely something to watch the rest of the season will will brandon Ayuk stay in the doghouse will he will he redeem himself we don't even know what's going on we have our tinfoil hats on don't miss it uh the 49ers first loss of the season oh well um actually week two versus the eagles we both said that the 49ers were going to win that game as well so we nailed that um, week three versus Packers, Steph, you predicted a win. I predicted a loss for this one. I don't know. I was just feeling <laughs> feeling pessimistic, I guess. But I was right because they did lose. Uh, we all remember that game. Mosley was back from injury. Kwan Williams got hurt in that game. I remember that. Um, sadly, I remember every single game. The team sputtered. Kyle Shanahan got plenty of blame. He he the talks of him not being aggressive enough, the talks of him not being able to manage a clock began. Uh, what do you remember from this game stuff? 
Yeah, it, I mean, this is kind of where some of the things from week one and week two kind of just piled up and like it just beca- became unsurmountable. Like more injuries, um, you know, more criticism for Kyle Shanahan, and it it began some discourse of you know should he be fired um <laughs> which which me and you made fun of because uh, that yeah. was just always ridiculous to suggest um but yeah that one hurt that one hurt I feel like that was the that was the beginning of the you know sputter for the whole team I mean really it was just downhill from there um you know un- until week week 10 which we'll 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 talk about we'll talk about but in week four like i said like the packers just started the the downhill spiral and the seahawks just continued it and the seahawks continue to own the 49ers of course in that first week four game against the seahawks in the season there was no elijah mitchell um norman and k1 williams were out so they were short on corners that was like kind of the story of the beginning of the season right yeah. And also Robbie Gold got hurt in pregame. Like what? How does that happen? Like <laughs> a kicker gets hurt in pregame. I, I don't. So he was placed on IR after that game. And um, Wisnowski, who then had to, you know, be on gold duty. He missed a field goal and a uh, a point after. So <laughs> Dude. not not good. And then. Jimmy Garoppolo, his first injury of the season, his first of many, he hurt his calf and Trey Lance. We we got our first like real sort of taste of Trey Lance and what he might look like in this offense. But, you know, it wasn't what we had hoped or what we thought it would look like. He, he didn't but look they ready. They still almost came back. They Yes, they still almost came back. Despite, which, yeah. <laughs> which caused the Trey Lance should start crowd to, you know, just get louder. Right. And mm-hmm. of course, also the Kyle Shanahan should be fired crowd got louder after that <laughs> loss as well. So I, I don't know. What'd you think about that game? Uh, it was horrible because the Seahawks were a terrible team last season. Um, and to, to get swept by them. I mean, I, that was the first of two losses to them, but it just wasn't fun to watch, especially you never want to watch your punter out there kicking field goals. Like no one wants that. It's <laughs> it's painful, but um, Steph, you actually got this one, right? You predicted a loss. I predicted a win. And that's, that's that we're moving on to week five against the Cardinals. This is hilarious. You and I both predicted that we were going to sweep the Cardinals this season. Uh, <laughs> So that didn't go well. So obviously we both said this was going to be a win. We know they lost to the Cardinals. Kittle was out this game. He was placed on the IR and um, Trey Lance was able to start because of that calf injury to Jimmy. Um, It was just not good. Like (laughs) everyone was so excited for this and he just didn't look ready. Um, He only ran the ball 16 times. He suffered actually 16 times kind of a lot. Yeah. No, I don't know why I said only. He ran the ball 16 times, but it wasn't like the type of runs that we were expecting. Like it was a lot of just like up the gut and like just him taking crazy hits. And we were all just like, what is going on? Um, so yeah, he suffered a knee spray in that game. And then that was like after seeing, you know, that much action from Lance, that was really when the debates began of of who should be starting. Um stuff i mean it's hard to remember going all the way back to 
that week five loss. But do you remember if you thought Lance should start or not? The only reason I think like a lot of us were considering it at this point, it wasn't because like Trey Lance looked amazing in that game because like, let's be honest, he, he didn't really. And I think part of that was the fact that he didn't look ready. It didn't look like they had an offense for him at all, really. Um, but I think part of what made people want to see more of him was the fact that we lost again. It's like, yeah. where is this going? You know, like, yeah. what's what is the point of having Jimmy Garoppolo out there? You know, if we're just going to keep losing that kind of thing. So, you know, from that aspect, I understood, you know, people being interested to see more of Trey Lance because it seemed like the more playing time he got, like, you know, he did kind of settle down every time. So I don't know. I mean, if I recall, we were both kind of on the same page where we wanted to see a little more Trey Lance. It's almost like seeing him and seeing the potential, but how, like how much farther he still had to go made us want him to play. Like, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we were like, we might as well use this season as preparation for next season because obviously this season is going nowhere. Boy, were we wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Um. So after the Cardinals, we had the bye week. We had Keanu Martin as a guest. That was so fun. And then after that was week seven. What happened? Oh, Lord. I mean... <laughs> I was this this loss pissed me off the most because um, one, it was after the bye week and it's after, you know, they had lost so many games that we felt that they should have won or at least been a little bit more competitive. And 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 they come out after the bye week, extra time to prepare and they lose again and they just look the same. Jimmy Garoppolo played terrible. Um, I mean, he came back. he, He came back from his calf injury, but like. At what cost? It's two interceptions, one fumble. <laughs> um, Jaquaski Tart also got hurt in that game, and he ended up being out a few weeks after that. Um, and I think me and you, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we're ready to shut it down. Yeah, and it's funny looking back at this when you go and see that they had lost four in a row. It's like, well, no wonder we were like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I think we were fair in, in our – wanting to see Trey Lance and like wanting to shut it down but yeah I'm remembering everything now Jimmy looked horrible uh (laughs) um yeah yeah it's it's fun to remember and then and then Seth just as he always does Jimmy pulled through just in the nick of time right (laughs) especially knowing what we know now knowing that Kyle said at one point there was thoughts of letting Trey Lance start and just you know, but we knew they had to be out of playoff contention before that would happen. So right. as Jimmy does, um, week eight against the Bears, we both predicted this win and and Jimmy had a homecoming like no other. He was the hero of Chicago. I mean, <laughs> they beat the Bears. Kinlaw was placed on the IR this week, so that was huge. Um, and then the 49ers traded for for Texas with the Texans for Charles O'Menehue. Um, they gave up a future late round pick for him so this was when we kind of started to be like okay this team can play well Jimmy played great he made the throws he needed to make um the offense was was looking like kind of like old times a little bit um and 
this is this is the trend that we saw with Jimmy over the years. Like right when you're you've just had enough of him, he comes out and has a great game, and that's exactly what happened in Week Eight. Yeah, I I really felt like this this win like set them up for the turnaround. It's not exactly where the season really turned around, but like just the fact that Kinlaw placed on IR, that's really what what led to Eric Armstead moving inside exactly. uh, eventually. And then the trade for Amenahue, that was huge. We didn't, we didn't, we had no idea how big of a trade that was really because like they gave up so little for him and he didn't do all that much with the Texans, but boy, like that, that was a great pickup for them. And it, it was really the first time in the season where the offense actually looked like a cohesive unit. And yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it was, it was a, that was a good week. I know it was just the bears, but it's really what like set them up for the rest of the season. I think. Definitely. Definitely. And then they went to week nine. Oh yeah. This week. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. In week nine, they played the Cardinals. They would lose. So they got, swept by the Cardinals this season Um, and it's crazy (laughs) see this one's crazy because this is what we were saying that they this team gaslights us so they won in convincing fashion um in week eight right (laughs) against the Bears and you're thinking this is this is good and then you find out that the Cardinals are going to be without Kyler Murray DeAndre Hopkins AJ Green they were basically giving the game away yeah literally they're just like they were like meh yeah, we'll you just have, rest them up one you more. You can week. have this one. You can have this yeah. one. And <laughs> so they were without all those players. And then even Chase Edmonds like was out after the first drive. I think he got yeah. hurt. Um, and then Kittle was back from his injuries. So hey, they're they're gonna do great. They're gonna win. Wow. Somehow, <laughs> somehow this team managed to lose that game. And to this day, I I don't know how um but me and angie were right back again in this like cancel it cancel the season like (laughs) just let's move on it was just it was such a bad loss and there uh, once again there it was talk about there was no accountability no identity on this team no leadership mcglinchy also uh got hurt in that game and he was placed on ir which we were all worried about so it was just not looking good after that yeah and of course um as i said earlier we predicted a cardinal sweep in 2021 that did not happen um so we both thought they were going to win that game that was our prediction but so after that game that was the huge word right was identity and who is this team like what are we watching what's the game plan goddamn did they i just smacked my desk um they just like smash all of that criticism out the window week 10 against the rams which by the way we both predicted would be a loss on monday night football Mm. um at levi's stadium Uh, i think we thought this was going to be like the matt stafford like I don't know, you wish you had me game, even though <laughs> Matt Stafford had nothing to do with anything. But um, so we know they beat the Rams on Monday Night Football. They found their identity again. They were running. Uh, Garoppolo was was doing those short, efficient passes into tight coverage. Like everyone looked like themselves, the, the greatest version of themselves. 
And this is really when Debo Samuel started to make a name for himself on the national stage. I mean, this Monday night football primetime game, he couldn't have played any better. Um, He emerged as an offensive player of the year candidate. He was doing cute little poses (laughs) in the end zone. He's running around with a chain around his neck. Like Debo was feeling himself and he took that energy and just like, drove the 49ers through the rest of the season, if you ask me. And this is when it all started. Jimmy was back to good Jimmy. We were like, we just kicked the shit out of the Rams, who were supposed to be the Super Bowl favorites. Are we going to the Super Bowl? Like, is this (laughs) happening? It was a really, really good day. And I was there. It was a great week. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You were the good luck charm that turned the the season around. Dude, I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then so after this win, the 49ers were half a game out of that seventh playoff seed. So, uh, again, gaslit. Um, (laughs) Like, let me just reverse everything we said last week. We didn't mean any of it. Like, this team is good again. Uh, what are your thoughts on week 10? It's so fun talking about this. Like it was a fun season. It was, it, it really was like, as I was like going through all of the games and yeah, the, the first half was bad, but it's just insane to me how quickly things were able to turn around. Like really all it took was a game or two and, and they were back to themselves. It was yeah. pretty impressive. And I know we're talking about the offense a lot, but defense really like flipped into high gear. And I mean, they were a huge part of that week 10 win. I think they had two interceptions, almost had the ass catch. So it was, (laughs) it was a good night for everyone. And we were feeling good. Yeah, it was actually Dawson in the comments said the talking about the week, um, nine game versus the Cardinals. He said that was the defense's worst game. And I don't think they had a bad game really after that like they were they they really were locked in after that and credit to D'Amico Ryans who you know right because they definitely had bad games games before that oh for sure for (laughs) sure but week 11 versus the Jags was not one of those bad games um Mitchell was out in this game but it was all good because it's the Jags no one's really scared of them but that also didn't mean much with this 49ers team because you know they could have just as easily reverted back to their old bad selves, but they kept it going in this game. And Ayuk was heavily involved. He was like officially, officially out of the doghouse, we might say. And and Bosa, he he kept doing his thing. We were talking about him potentially being uh, a defensive player of the year candidate. And man, they they were just rolling. Yeah. Shockingly, we both predicted that uh, the 49ers would beat the Jaguars. So <laughs> nailed that one. Yeah. Uh, week 12 against the Vikings, you called this dub. I thought they were going to lose to good old Kirk. And this was uh, when we started having fun with the predictions, because this is, as we know, like it's crazy looking back that from week 12 on every single game was a must win game in order to make yeah. the playoffs. So um, that was a huge win against the Vikings. Mitchell and Greenlaw were back. Um, M- Mitchell emerged as an offensive rookie of the year candidate. I mean, doing things that no rookie running back has ever done for the 49ers before Debo, Ayuk and Jennings, they all continued to ball. This was kind of when Jennings started to really emerge as, as a third wide receiver on this team. And really considering Debo like wide receiver too, right? Um, since Debo's a, a wide back, the running game was on fire. 
But Greenlaw got hurt again, um, and Debo and Warner were hurt, and Trey Sermon was carted off. So it was kind of like, we're rolling, but are we rolling? If you know what I mean, it was it was. Uh, you never want to see players on the ground, especially yeah. when you're in a playoff race. Yeah, for sure. That that was. Uh, it was obviously a big win, but I mean, again, the injuries are just always seem to follow this team and you know for a team that had these playoff aspirations suddenly it was like oh are we really gonna be able to do this without you know all our best players but in in week 13 they played the Seahawks again we mentioned it the Seahawks own the Niners uh, but of we course, know. Debo and Fred Warner were out. Like that's huge. I feel like it might have been a different count. game, you know, had they been in there, especially Debo. Um, and this is was really one of the low points for the special teams <laughs> unit. The, probably their worst game. I have to laugh. I I mean, shit. I I think we were so mad at the special teams after this game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they allowed that uh, fake punt touchdown uh which pretty much just you know opened the game wide open for the seahawks and yeah yeah not not only like it's one thing to allow the first down on a fake punt but a fake punt touchdown like that was just demoralizing exactly (laughs) yeah no excuse yeah seahawks still on the niners we know um tail is oldest oldest time so, um, actually, Steph, you predicted that was going to be a win. I called the loss. I'm a genius. I'm just kidding. I think I I uh, said that was going to be a loss because they were in Seattle. And I was like, no, we don't, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't win in Seattle. So, week 14 against the Bengals. We know this was a dub. Um, I was actually kind of worried about this game. Obviously, not like looking yeah. at the Bengals. It's... It just, I got, I wish we were in the Super Bowl because we could beat the Bengals. We can beat the Bengals, but we're not there. It's fine. It's anyway, okay. we both just <laughs> we, happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we both knew this was going to be a dub. I don't know why we were so confident, but we just wrote the Bengals off. Um, Mitchell and Dante Johnson were out. Ambry Thomas started. Debo returned. Kittle went off. Ayuk scored the game-winning touchdown in overtime, and the defense and D'Amico got a lot of praise for shutting down that potent Bengals offense. Um, that was a actually huge win, really, in in the grand scheme of things. And oh yeah, I won't bring it up anymore. But just knowing what we know now, it's just like it's so frustrating, man. That was a great game. It was it was a really good game, really fun game. And really after that it was like, wow, like I think we can really do this because when you when you go against high powered offenses like the Bengals were at that time and yeah. you know still are, it really gives you like a confidence boost and like you you could do that same or have that same performance against other teams. So like really like it it became the beginning of not being scared of other um offenses yeah yeah that 100% agree it was definitely a confidence booster um and then they had the Falcons the next week which we both also said was going to be a dub 
but I, but I but I do remember I do remember when we did the preview because when we did our predictions the ones you're talking about that was in the beginning of the season right um before we knew anything and I was like when we were doing the preview before like after week 14 I was like this could potentially be a trap game like you can't get too confident. You're coming off an OT win. Like the Falcons, they suck, but they can still beat you. Absolutely. Um, so, but the 49ers, they, you know, they hit it all in stride. They were still <laughs> hot. Um, Mitchell, Alshair, and Maurice Hurst were out in this game, but it was okay because Fred Warner was back to all pro Fred. There was a lot of talk in the beginning of the season that Fred Warner was trying to do too much. Um, really in the second half of the season, he kind of settled in and remembered who the fuck he was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff Wilson Jr. I mean, kind of, he went off in this game as well, um, as well as the entire offense was kind of in their bag. Bosa, who he was still being uh, dominant Bosa. as he is. Yeah. He's still being Bosa and, Debo, he he knocked out some dude's mouthpiece, and and that's one of my favorite plays of the season, I think, or just one of the m- more memorable plays because that just <laughs> you know encapsulates everything that Debo is. Yeah, was that the game that um, he had like the the injury scare? Do you remember where he kind of? I feel like it he had like, he had a few injury scares. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm like which I'm like which one? <laughs> um so as we know, week 16 against the Titans. This was a hard week loss. 16. Um I'm sorry. <laughs> I just intrusive I thought how to get that out. <laughs> yeah, core memory unlocked. Um uh, <laughs> we both predicted this L actually. We both respect Ryan Tannehill. Um Yes. They didn't even have Derrick Henry, which is I know, which is crazy. Insane. So this this was um this is a really annoying loss because playoffs were like right there, right? We got to win every game. Garoppolo played really poorly and hurt his thumb. Um, that was when the UCL tear report came out um, that it likely <laughs> needs surgery. And then I'm just laughing at the next note. John Lynch liked a tweet about leaving Jimmy in Tennessee. <laughs> Never a dull moment with this team. Like, literally, like, what do you Dude, it's so funny. <laughs> week 16, like, week you're 16. you're on your way to the playoffs, and your GM is accidentally liking a tweet about leaving the quarterback in Tennessee. Um, in accidentally church. in church, yes. At night. <laughs> John, you naughty boy. John. John. <laughs> So yeah, that was uh, that was tumultuous. Um, but yeah, what happened week seventeen? It was an exciting one. Why? Um, well, it was a win against the Texans. They had Mitchell back, so that's always good. Uh, Wisnowski was out. Um, oh. oh no, what would they do without Wisnowski? No. Uh, Jimmy was out. Oh no, Trey oh, Lance. No. <laughs> but Trey Lance got the start, which you know we're all very excited about. Actually, like. This late in the season, I was a little nervous about it, you know, because like we mentioned, every game was a must win game. And then we saw how Trey Lance looked in or at least the game plan for Trey Lance looked in in the previous game. So like, is he ready? Like, is he what is this going to look like? And the Texans had just demolished the Chargers. 
true. Prior, oh my god, prior to about this that. game. So it was like, oh, forgot about that. Okay, maybe don't take them lightly. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I mean, and it was pretty, you know, up and down in the first half. There were some nice plays there, but all in all, it, you know, little little shaky rookie performance from Lance, but he improved as the game went on. Like he just he continued to look better and better. And once again, the Trey Lance should start crowd, you know, had little more to say after this game in week 17 when we were on the cusp <laughs> of, a, of a playoff berth. That's a little um, nuts. I know. I, <laughs> like it was a little, it got a little nuts. It got a little nuts. I it will got say weird. that. Yeah. It got weird. And continue your thought continue talking about oh I, yeah there's there's still more notes here oh my gosh yeah <laughs> and then and then trent williams got hurt uh which is always never a good thing yeah. and the defense as we know they they had a great game against the texans which you would expect you would hope for and after that win, it officially became a winning season for this team, which was a big deal considering, you know, how bad it looked in the first half, right? So, yeah, you know, kudos for that win. Yeah, went from three and five to a winning season. And they closed it out week 18 against the Rams. Um, Trent Williams was inactive. Kwan Williams was inactive. And Aziz was also inactive, but Mosley, Greenlaw, and Jimmy returned. Hail Jimmy. He's back. Hallelujah. Um, the 49ers went down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, they went down 17 to zero very early. At one point they had a 0% or like point zero, the lowest percentage you could have <laughs> of winning a game. They were not going to win this game, but then they, Went full bully ball on the Rams. Cry about it, L.A. Debo did all. He threw a touchdown pass, which I believe, um, was that the, did they tie it at 17? Yeah. His? Yeah, mm-hmm. so he threw the game-tying touchdown pass, and then Juwan Jennings uh, just had himself a day. Wisnowski got hurt. Is he injury-prone? Uh, we should not bring him back next year. Can we talk about it? I just... <laughs> And Gold was on punt duty and he killed it, dude. He is a much better punter than Wisnowski is a kicker. Um, another fun little fact we learned this season. Eric Armstead played out of his mind as he did all season. Shout out Eric. And Ambry Thomas had the game ceiling interception. We just, the sky was the limit. The sky was the limit at that point, man. It's just like towards the end, all those wins, so many players were involved in those wins. And so like, Mm -hmm. I think that's what gave me the most um, satisfaction and made me feel good about them going to the playoffs because I feel like in the playoffs, you got to be able to win a multitude of ways. And I I felt like they did that in that those last few games of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Those playoff games. Is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about regular season? Well, both. Yeah. Yeah, both. Um, and in the d- divisional round, yeah, that's where we're at. Right. Nope. No, we're at the wild, wild, wild card. card weekend. Let me not let me not skip that one. So wild card <laughs> weekend. Um, obviously it's it's you win and you move forward, you lose and you, you get sent to your couch. So this was obviously a huge game. Uh they beat the Cowboys in Jerry World. 
and they were the underdog the whole time, pretty much the entire playoffs. They were the underdog. So, you know, I like the way that they stepped up. Um, Bosa and Warner left the game early. So again, it was like, Oh shit. Like, are we going to be able to pull this off? Um, Jimmy suffered his shoulder injury, which we didn't actually learn about till after the game. Uh, but that, and that explained a lot. (laughs) Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they, they were able to get the win and advance to the divisional round. That was like, I mean, so many good memories from, yeah, some Ryan just commented that beating the Cowboys was so satisfying. It really was because they really, they just really thought they had it. And same with the Packers the next week. I feel like they were really um, offended by our confidence (laughs) in this team and and thinking that the Niners were going to win. Honestly, the divisional round against the Packers, one of my favorite 49er games ever, just because like, yeah, it Obviously, there weren't that many amazing things that happened that game, but there were enough just amazing, improbable things that happened that just made it one of the most insane games I've ever watched in my life. Like, it was like one degree outside. Like, think (laughs) about that in itself. And then, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers, the, the league MVP, one of the best passing quarterbacks of all time, and you hold him to his lowest scoring output in his playoff career. And then to have it end on a special, not end, but to tie the game on a special teams blocked punt and then win the game with a field goal after they smited us and won on a field goal earlier in the season in week three, it was just like poetic, dude. That was my favorite game of the season by far. It it was definitely very emotional like because I was already ready to like pack it up and (laughs) pack it up as if I played um (laughs) I was (laughs) I was ready to like say the season was over like this was a great season like thank you for all the memes um you know but that that block punt was just amazing I think it's in it's going to be ingrained in you know 49ers playoff history regardless of how the season ended right like I think it was that big of a play and I think the the biggest thing was the fact that the 49ers didn't have a lead at any point in regulation yeah exactly (laughs) like that what yeah (sighs) and it was all for nothing because why stop stop (laughs) the well the 49ers they advanced to the nfc championship game and as we know they did not win trent williams i don't know why i put trent williams was out he he played um yeah (laughs) sorry bad note there uh the defense they they fought hard ultimately like and i truly believe this the rams were just the better team that day and you know we can still hang our head high i think going through all of these games which we just just did right now um you know I, I really feel like i'm yeah, i'm still proud of what they were able to accomplish this season all the adversity that they were able to um you know overcome and all of the drama there was a lot of outside noise surrounding this team especially like in the beginning of the season around like the quarterback position and all of that and they were able to turn all of that into a positive and i still think it was a success of a season Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, we've said this so many times, but like it exceeded 
our, our wildest expectations. And yeah, definitely hats off to Jordan Willis. Um, that, that was just like that right there. Jordan Willis, you know, just shows how so many different players on this team had incredible moments throughout the season. And even though it didn't end the way that, that fans would have wanted it to, I mean, like there were so many things to be happy about, not just making the NFC championship game. I mean, like think about Elijah Mitchell and, and the rookie season he had. Think about the season Debo Samuel had. Like Debo, Debo season in itself, like mm-hmm. makes this season a success to me. Like, what do you think? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I agree, and I just I I hope he can do more of that. Like I'm pretty hopeful he'll be able to. I think like we mentioned it, it is just the beginning for him. But yeah, what a what a season for him and how he was able to not turn his career around because he was already good, but it's just like he he really put himself in that tier one of receivers mm-hmm. and even running backs. Hell. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it to him. My favorite wide back. I don't know about you. So <laughs> knowing what we know now, let's, you know, retrospectively look at this season. Do you think it was a good thing for Brandon Ayuk to kind of be – beaten down and put in his place the first few weeks of the season and have to earn his position in this offense be in the the doghouse per se yeah um I know that Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of criticism for how he deals with certain players and you know if they underperform and how he puts them in the doghouse regardless of how you feel about it I think Ayuk did respond well to it and it worked for him it you know we've seen it now work for other players but I do think you know it it built probably some character for Ayuk and it built some motivation and and drive and obviously he was able to turn that into a productive season and that's exactly what you want out of your players if you put a player in the doghouse and they don't respond well is that really the kind of guy you want in your locker room um so i think Ayuk set a great example to other players on this team for how they should handle that yeah i like how everyone was concerned when you know sherfield was getting more action than than Ayuk, but then once Ayuk got out of the doghouse and was obviously getting a lot more action than sherfield we're all just kind of like Meh. like no one cared no one was like well what's what's the matter with Sherfield like you know but I mean that just goes that's just obviously when that was wild though it that was wild that 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 ever happened I mean yeah yeah (laughs) fun times so this is a little more difficult of a question but yeah knowing what we know now which isn't much um exactly we're the smart to draft Trey Lance and give up as much as they did um first I the way I want to answer this is just by saying that yeah we don't know a lot because we haven't seen Trey Lance start like a full season we haven't seen him be the QB one on this team quite yet so we don't know exactly what he's going to be but the reason that I put this question on here was because I think we are now seeing how poor of a draft class this is for quarterbacks in this year. And so when you look at that, um, I think they made a really good decision to move up for the guy that they really wanted last year instead of 
not drafting a quarterback at all, let's say, and, you know, trying to get a quarterback this year. Cause it's, I mean, it's going to be kind of tough with some of the quarterbacks yeah. coming in the draft this year. And I don't know, they, they were in that range that they could go for a quarterback. So I, I'm not mad at how much they gave up for him. Also what we now can look at the fact that they've gotten so many compensatory picks for losing uh, Robert Sala, losing Martin Mayhew, and now um, Mike McDaniel. I mean, they, I, I think they knew Mike McDaniel was probably out of the door. Like, this season or next so they knew those picks they they knew they were going to get these picks so uh, looking at all of that and like the full context of everything I feel like they were really smart to give up those picks and now they're going to get some picks for Jimmy Garoppolo so like in in a way in a way they gave up a lot they're going to get a lot of those picks back so yeah I I love the move even more now than I did then I have so many thoughts about this and have for almost a year now right that's how long we've had to chew on this and I I don't it's just it was such an interesting turn of events um I mean we've seen the Rams and how they treat their draft picks like they're a cousin that they've met once and could care less about and just you know send them off look where it's gotten them right it's worked out amazingly for the Rams um we don't know enough about Trey Lance yet. Exactly what you said. We don't know if if it was, I mean, we can say it was a good decision, but we don't know ultimately how it's going to turn out yet. We can hope yeah. for the best. Yeah. My whole thing, it just, it was such a turn of events because the plan in the offseason, as we know, was to get a veteran quarterback, right? We, we, offered a a deal for Matthew Stafford. We inquired about Aaron Rodgers. We know they were extremely interested in Deshaun Watson before all of the the rumors and allegations um, about him came out. So it was just a lot to go from wanting a a veteran quarterback to completely change course and say, we're going to draft a rookie quarterback now, Um, especially when you're not going to start him this year, you're going to use Jimmy for a whole entire year anyway. So why not wait until after this year and use those first round picks to maybe trade for a veteran quarterback this off season. Um, I think it ultimately will end up being a good decision. I think there's nothing like drafting a quarterback and developing him yourself and, and developing your franchise quarterback as opposed to going out and, and getting one. But it's interesting. Like it's going to be crazy to look back in like two or three years and be like, did they make the right decision? Um, Cause I don't know. It, it honestly just felt like they panicked almost <laughs> knowing that, that they went, were going after veteran quarterbacks and then kind of switched courses. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't call it. I can't say if it was smart or not yet. I do think it was, it was a wild time to be a 49er fan. And I think we're all just um, Kyle included hoping it works out. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And that was a that was a spiel. I don't even know if it made sense. You know no, what I'm saying? I it did. I think the reason they looked at like um veteran quarterbacks was because I think they were hoping that they would be able to trade Jimmy Garoppolo last for one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I mean, that didn't work out. And so not, not the worst plan B I must say, but (laughs) no, definitely not. And I'm excited for Trey Lance. Like I am so stoked next season. And on that note, are you happy with the fact, fact, (laughs) fact, are you happy with the fact that Trey Lance was not QB one this year, knowing what we know now and how the season ended and everything? Yeah. I mean, I was always like content with, okay, not always. That's not true. Um, (laughs) I think like early in the season or before the season started, like I still had some hope. It sounds terrible right now, but I had hope that, you know, someone would trade for Garoppolo. Um, That didn't end up happening. And I, I still wanted Trey Lance to start. But or at least like acknowledge it as a competition, right? Like I, you know, and I think it was, yeah. but the fact that they never called it that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But I mean, once I got over that hump and I finally like realized, okay, this is their plan. Like I accepted it. I was fine with Jimmy Garoppolo starting, and then once they got to that point in the season where things started turning around, then I really was okay with it, right? Because. Yeah. Then I, I saw, I guess, the value of Jimmy Garoppolo or just, like, the the team loved him. You can tell they were – a lot of these players were playing for him, especially in, like, the the second half of the season and into the playoffs. Like, that became pretty obvious. So, you know, I'm not mad at it. And I think Trey Lance was able to learn a lot in this time and, you know – he he did get a chance to play after all, you know, he yeah. did get, he did get those two starts. So um, at least he did end up getting a taste of, you know, being a starter. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was, what made it so complicated is that obviously we follow all of these people that are at training camp and watching this, this competition and, when you look at the numbers, it seems like Trey Lance should have beat out Jimmy Garoppolo, but for whatever reason, they decided that Jimmy gave them the best chance to win. They went to the NFC Championship game, so exactly. yeah, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied with the decision they made. Like, we don't know what would have happened if Trey Lance was starting. They might have, hell, Maybe he would have been the first rookie quarterback to ever win the Super Bowl. Maybe, but probably not, you know. So I can't help but be satisfied and I'm ready for him to take what he learned this year and put everything into next season and go back to the NFC Championship game. Um, I have, I'm like Jimmy. I got no regrets from this season. Just (laughs) eyes forward. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So looking forward to next season, besides Trey Lance, who is the one player that you are most excited to watch? Um, I'm going to say Juwan Chenny's. Nice. He's a player I, I really liked this year and what he's been able to do. Like so underrated his usage on this team and his role. Um, so he had 30 catches this year which is not much but when you think about the fact that 19 of them went for first downs and he had five touchdowns on top of that like I'd say that's pretty impressive and this was his 
first season getting like real playing time and he was able yeah. to do that. I, I feel really good about him going into next season and seeing what he does with Trey Lance. Yeah, I we're both like on the same wavelength, except <laughs> my pick was Brandon Ayuk because nice. I don't know something like special. That about that third season you know you're not a rookie anymore you're not really fresh and green but you're still young and excited um but you kind of have that that feeling like you know you're a veteran and and you're on this team like Debo this year I mean all-time confidence his confidence was at an all-time high so I'm hoping that that Brandon Ayuk has that same third season effect just going through his body and again just like you said especially with Trey Lance um and this offense that they're hopefully able to put together I think it's going to be really exciting um so as we know you know what's next we know that Garoppolo is likely to be traded this offseason what do you think they could get for Jimmy um I've seen people throwing out potential trade packages and and stuff so do you think he's worthy of a, a first round pick um is he worthy no probably not (laughs) but do i think they can potentially get that for him maybe i mean we saw carson wentz go for a first um Mm -hmm. and And teams are desperate third (laughs) i think too last year um yeah teams are going to be desperate there's i mean obviously every team every team even the ones that have no chance are going to be on aaron Rodgers' watch right so, you know, I, I think there's a few teams that are going to be in on him, but only one team can end up with him, and all of the rest are going to be scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. Do they it's like the like, Lord of the Rings? <laughs> do they do they like any of the, uh, you know, quarterbacks in the draft? That's another question. I think I think there might be some that could pan out into something, but you know, day one starter, you know, maybe not. And so I think Jimmy Garoppolo, his value is in being a bridge quarterback, I think yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and he would be the perfect bridge quarterback, like the best bridge quarterback there ever was. Yeah. Um, I mean, he basically <laughs> was just a bridge quarterback for us this season. Right. Yeah. So. And, and I don't think he'll be in a situation as good as, you know, with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, but I think there are a couple teams that give him a good shot at winning because that he's mentioned that that's what he wants. So, yeah. But what do you think though? I mean, what, what do you think they could get for him? I mean, I don't think they'll get a first round pick for him. That's just me. But again, it depends on how all the dominoes fall. Just like you said, um, it's mm-hmm. hard to say because like, like you said, Carson Wentz got a first round pick. So um just depends on how desperate teams are. Um, I think a second would be more realistic, possibly even a third. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I think no matter what happens, there's going to be people on both sides that think it's either too much or too little. So mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, just I mean, hope... I'd be happy with anything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'd be ha- I'm happy with his um, millions of dollars out of the cap. <laughs> personally so yeah but I hope he goes to a team with a chance to win um we wish him all the best you know we talked about this last episode um speaking of cap the team has said they have budgeted for Bosa and Debo extensions so 
would love them to get on that because I'm trying to buy my Debo jersey and yes. I just want it to be a sure thing. <laughs> um, and Trey Lance, Nate Sudfeld, 209 native Nate Sudfeld, and Brandon Ayuk will train together in SoCal this offseason, which, you know, makes me wonder, is Nate Sudfeld going to be QB2 next season? Like, are, or are they going to go out and sign a, a veteran backup? Like, I'm really curious to see what happens. There's so much to talk about from draft needs to pending free agents. And we're going to hit it all next week because we're not going anywhere. Um, But that's all we got for this episode. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe um, on this video at youtube.com slash dragosaurus. Follow us on Twitter at 49kpod. And you can listen to this where all podcasts are available to stream. Staff, is there anything you wanted to say before we head out? Um. No, I, I'm just, you know, after a week that I've had time to reflect on it, I feel really good about the season. I'm really proud of this team, and I'm very excited for the future. There's going to be a lot of changes this offseason. It's going to be a pretty entertaining offseason, I think. So I, I can't wait to continue talking about it all. Yes, and we're coming up on our one-year Annie. I don't know. Oh, I'll have to I'll have to look it up, but we'll have a party. Our um, first episode or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in and we will be back next week. So until then, peace. Peace.